Welcome to Beyond the Field Podcast, your weekly dose of finance, property, and epic people doing epic things powered by the team at Money Empire. Get informed and entertained with the coolest cats in the business. BTF, I'm here with Goran, my name's Kane, special guest today, Simon Demurg. Say hello. Hello. Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, we wanted to bring Simon on to the podcast today, Goran, because he's the newest member of the group and is heading up a company called Development Empire, which is pretty cool. Fantastic. Uh, Simon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where does the surname actually come from, mate? It's actually French, but uh, that goes back a few generations, so Kiwis. Fantastic. Kiwis, yeah, yeah. Cool. Family man? Yeah, yeah, got two little kids. So Charlie, he's three and a half, and uh, Ella's just coming out one and a half now. So nice. keeps us busy, keeps us on our toes, but <laughs> it's all good stuff. So the Frenchman's busy. Yeah. <laughs> you know it. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where your journey started before we get into what you're currently doing. Yeah, sweet. So uh, going back, I, d- I studied uh, Bachelor of Property at uni, but before that I did a year of, year of architecture at uh, Unitech out west there. Uh, with the idea of, um, you know, always always wanted to do like buildings and that sort of stuff, but realised pretty early on that if you want to make uh, nice buildings, you want to be the client rather than, you know, be told what to do every day. So um, took a year out and then uh, then got back into property, did proper Bachelor of Property and then uh, worked for five years doing um, project management here in Auckland, um, doing commercial buildings, hotels, um, big um, car parks, stuff like that, um, and then headed off overseas like most most young people do. So it was sort of the GFC time. Um, Australia was still looking pretty hot. The mining was still booming. So I went over there and, and did a, a couple of years in, in Sydney, uh, a little bit of time in Perth and a little bit of da- time in Darwin as well, just to mix it up. Wow. Um, mainly on the fit-out side of things, so doing you know shop fit-outs, um, bank fit-outs, corporate fit-outs, that sort of stuff. So, cool. yeah, we're good there. And then uh, after there, we sort of re- wanted to have a bit more of a v- variety because Aussie's pretty similar to New Zealand in terms of culture and all the rest of it. So um, hit up Singapore. So went up to Singapore, went up there for, you know, I guess one or two years just to test it out. Came back nine years later. Mm. Um, but, yeah, loved it up there. It was Tell a blast. us about your experience in Singapore and what the country is like. <clears throat> oh, man, it's a great place to live. Um, I always say, you know, your, your life's made very, very easy, so you can work hard, which was good for us because we were, you know, young. is that the culture up there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, very bright, very vibrant. You get people from all over the world. Um, people coming in there, a lot of corporates based there, Southeast Asian headquarters there. So you know, you got French, yeah. um, you got your Scandinavian companies, your US companies. You got everybody's, everybody's there. Japanese, good mix of everything. So it's yeah. really, really cool. Um, so I worked for a, a company up there, predominantly uh, Marina Bay Sands, the big yeah. uh, integrated resort there. Yeah. Most people know it with the pool on the roof, yeah, the Infinity yeah. Pool. Um, so again, I was looking after um, fit-outs there in the casino and, and food and beverage side of things. So um, yeah, it was Did you great. play any sports there? I did, rugby. Yeah, Ooh. I was a rugby man up there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Bedrock Kings represent. A few teams up there in the, in the club scene? There are. There's about, I guess, half a dozen or so in the in the sort of prem comp. Yeah. Um, but now it's a great scene because I guess that, for me, helped me settle there. You know, you, you join a rugby club and then you've got 30 mates that you can kick around with straight away. So yeah. that really helped me settle. How did you guys meet? Can I ask, how did you guys get together? Like, how did, when did you guys meet? Was that through someone? Well, it was at a nightclub. I was wearing corduroys. Oh, he was wearing, you? yeah. Really? I no. did not know yeah. that. Yeah, so we've known each other for a long time, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, a long time. How did you guys meet, by the way? Well, through you. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, going back to probably a question on the, you're talking about um, the casinos and yeah. fit outs. I'm always intrigued by this how, like supermarkets, how casinos are laid out. 
Give some of the tips and tricks around that. Oh, it's it's tricky, man. It's tricky. So you got you you've got all sorts of stuff. Singapore's um, an anomaly in itself because it's so regulated. So the government puts a lot of restrictions on um, the amount of space you can use. You're, you're limited by that by your license and so forth. But um, even if you just split it down the middle, you know, you got your table games and your slots, um, and then you got your subsidiary stuff that you want to keep the guests happy. You know, food and beverage close by and things yeah. like that too. So that's no, uh, it's very. I, I find it very very interesting. Yeah. I know you've said some things like, and I didn't even think of that, like um, where the power plugs might be situated under a machine, right? You've talked about all that positioning and how what much What is that about? I don't know about this. No, nah, it's all, all about just integrating everything so it's seamless, you know? So you, right. know, you want to have, we always had raised floors, obviously, so we had cables all hidden underground and we had it on a grid system. So if operations wanted to rejig any of the, the layouts, it was easy for us to just pull new um, cables out of the floor yeah. um, rather than having to rip the whole floor up yeah. and disrupt the whole place. So, you know, we're just trying to make it I'll as seamless I'll tell you something as interesting yeah. that I know about casinos and I know in Vegas. I think. Are you talking about yeah. carpet? No. But, and I always say, when someone starts something with the word apparently, it most likely it's not true. But, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> there's bugger all balconies in the hotels in Vegas. Most likely, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's bugger all. Tell me why. Well, for the obvious reason. People are jumping off them. Oh, right. Yeah. So I found I that out. for your gallery. No, no. You can smoke wherever you want there. But yeah, isn't that interesting? It is, it is. Bugger all balconies, mate. And all of... Um, how many casinos do they have there? Uh, hotels. Tons, None of them tons, have yeah. balconies. Do, do, when you were doing casinos and that, mm. were they fitting them out like specific areas are for like high rollers, which they don't want them to leave and uh, sort of trap them in? <laughs> Not so much. It's more around just making the environment uh, inviting and providing the services in there so that guests don't want to leave. Yeah. You know, so they'll come in, you know, might have breakfast there or lunch or dinner or whatever, play for a little while, have a bit more of a feed, go out, do some shopping, come back in, you know. So it was, uh, and a lot of people treat it a bit like a club, you know. Yeah. You come, your friends are there, you mix and mingle. Sometimes you might not even, might not even play. You're yeah. just here to see your mates and have a chit chat and, you yeah. know. Tell me, how often would you change the carpets? Ooh. Once every two years, easy. And the place gets shut down for that. Portions of it, yeah. You never, it? never shut. Just what? Just never shut down the whole well, thing I altogether. Heard things where people are on a roll, selling the pokies and that. Hardcore people, I'm gonna take a slash in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see a lot of that, but going what? We didn't see a lot of that, but definitely you, you can smoke inside there, so yeah, you definitely yeah. had you know cigarette burns all over the ground and, yeah. and a lot of damage that that way. Yeah. So. I, 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 I was on a roll that day. Well, you've been to the last couple, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there too, and I've had a couple dabble, and I've, you start getting on a bit of a roll. All of a sudden, oh, here's your ashtray, sir. Followed by yeah. the old, uh, you know, the the beer or whatever. No, oh, getting the up house, to get no a drink. Problem. Look around. There's no clocks anywhere. You don't know what bloody time it is. Yeah, I absolutely. Mm. I remember that. Very dark. <laughs> very, dark. <laughs> very dark time. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us, so, so from that, obviously, um, come back home and, yeah. and starting this new venture. Tell us a little bit about it. So, Even though we may know a bit more. No, yeah. It's good. No, it's all good. So now, nah, so came back and always wanted to get into property development. It's always been of an interest. You know, did studied property at school, did masters in real estate as well from um, from Georgetown, and then uh, just yeah, the time was never quite right. We were living overseas, so that was always sort of a bit of a hindrance thing. Um, came back, looked at looked at starting it up when we came back about a year ago, and it didn't quite didn't quite click. And then uh, bumped into 
bumped into Kane, yeah. um, got chatting, had a few coffees and a few meets, and uh, you know, one thing to the next, and then got a bit of momentum there, and we managed to get something off the ground, which is and pretty exciting. Awesome. Now, you, you've invested in residential property in New Zealand before, That's right, right? yeah. yeah. And would this, this would be all new to you in terms of like what you're doing now? It is, yeah. How is the finance side of things in terms of how that works? Was that sort of new to you as well in terms of... So the finance side in terms of just running the straight numbers, I, I got, I understood that, but it was more around the intricacies of, you know, uh, the LVRs, yeah, okay. you know, pulling little bits and pieces in just to make the numbers really work from what the banks are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's what, what came board in, obviously. So, um, you know, I, I thought I knew, but, you know, I didn't really know what the banks or the lenders were, were after. So. Would you say that's a big... Uh, where a lot of people that want to get into property development, that's probably one hurdle they think they need a shit ton of cash yeah, definitely. to get in and, and that's how it's thought about. Yeah, and that was my assumption too. I mean, and I'd studied in it, I'd, I'd worked in the industry for a while and, you know, that I still thought that, you know. So, yeah, I'd, so I'd definitely say that's a market. Development Empire of the Brand, what do you see where it's going to go, why it's sort of different maybe out there to what's currently in the market and... Um, I suppose we're coming into a real strange time. What do you want to achieve in this period of time where properties, I suppose the media is beating it to a pulp? Yeah. So I think uh, in terms of the brand, I want to keep it pretty young and vibrant, you know, keep it agile and just, you know, not be too stuck in, in any ways. Um, but, you know, in saying that, we've all we've got our systems and our processes locked down, so we do provide the service um, and the standards that we need to. Um, but... You know, we want to keep vibrant. We want to move wherever the market goes. We want to move to different geographic regions if, if they become the, the, the hot spots or, you know, start to play out better than maybe where we are at the moment. Um, and just just really have some fun, you know. We're, we're all here to work and make a buck at the end of the day, but you want to work with people you like, um, employ people you like, and, and have some fun doing it as well. So. And I know you did your first site in Manurewa, which is pretty much targeted to investors yep. with a good yield new builds you look for point of differences we do what you do yeah so we want to keep our, our our stock and our product pretty as cost effective as we can try and undercut the market um if we can't do that then we we obviously look to um see what other what other benefits we can provide in those instances you know add-ons for the for for additional um benefit for the purchaser yeah. i think it's fantastic affordability on that development and also getting homes for people it's fantastic can yeah. we talk a little bit about the actual development those yeah, go for are we allowed it. to say that they are all sold in how long did it take to sell an hour or two i think yeah, yeah. under an hour all, all, really all pre-sold mm. yeah all can i ask have you guys butted heads before in your in your partnership do you guys butt heads nah, no not at all no, no. not yet it's been seamless. <laughs> <laughs> hey you want me in here yeah. yeah i thought he's nah. gonna be here yeah <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, no we haven't we haven't but we always have I suppose in any type of business you've always got to put discussions or, or, or talking points forward and if you don't agree on both of them it's pretty hard to move forward so we're, we kind of have the same view I know the group has the same view and what we're all collectively trying to achieve is the same thing really mm. and I think property and finance you know if I'm not talking out of turn here has been stale for a long long time certain ties you know probably middle age and, and there's probably time for a shake up in what we're doing yeah mm-hmm. am I allowed to ask if you've got any more on the go that you're looking at what's well, interesting we've got a heap that we're looking at yep um, markets in a funny time at the moment I it would is. say yeah yeah where square meter rates and what people want for them are probably out because they're basing on sort of 12 to 18 months ago in the height of COVID rush so um 
we're just trying to make sure that the next site or sites that we buy definitely have a point of difference, mm-hmm. definitely cater for um, a investor or RO that's looking for mm. something, and that we're always, I suppose, that the purchase is always being left off in a better position than where they were is probably what we're really looking to do. That's it, yeah, yeah. I think um, what you touched on before, if if I can say, you don't, you said you don't, you don't need a lot of cash to get into this, but what do you actually need? You need collateral, right? Well, yeah, no, you do need cash, don't get me wrong, but I think people think to be a property developer, you need tens of millions of dollars yeah. to buy into yeah. something, mm-hmm. whereas um, you don't, if you have a really strong process, really good idea of the market and what you're trying to achieve, and then how to debt finance these things. Yeah. Um, but you do have to be careful, would you say, to you definitely do, yep, side, yep. because you can get yourself into a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, I mean, more. at the moment, I'm hearing horror stories of developers buying 12 months or less ago, 5% deposit down, which is actually normal for a developer, mm-hmm. and then six to eight months settlement time, and they can't settle on these things because they overpaid. And when you overpay square meterage, You've got obviously got to build that thing and then you've got to sell it the back end for the right price. Now, a lot of these are priced probably well over, well over market. So, when they've been priced over market, a new build, there's a haircut got to be taken somewhere because someone ain't mm. going to buy it. Yeah. And when, when someone's debt financing this project, the numbers have to stack up. So, we are coming across quite a few quick, fast deals, but again, they're still overpriced. They are, yeah, not, <laughs> not stacking up for us now, and you know, I don't know what people ran their numbers on six, 12 months ago, but certainly it doesn't work for us. So the key, I know what Simon's looking at, the key thing for um, for develop, Development Empire is trying to, uh, it's a two-pronged attack, it's probably trying to provide uh, an investor with a really strong yield for Auckland in uh, growth areas that, um, don't get me wrong, Auckland's all of Auckland has gone, but in areas that still potentially have a good long-term capital growth effect, they sit near um, transport systems, close yep, to transport very hubs. For us. Yep, really important. Um, central points like shopping centres or, or um, I suppose, um, suburbs that have um, you know a group of shops in them, all that kind of stuff. Close proximity to schools, yep. um, so you could be there long term, obviously for for tenants. But then on the other side, also too, probably people trying to get into affluent suburbs that can't afford that three mil price tag, mm-hmm. but can buy probably a one point five yeah. terraced home, which is a lot of Kiwis coming home, or a lot of Kiwis that are here on really good incomes, but don't have the deposits. And I know, Goran, you come across this every day, where you might see a couple that are mid to late 30s earning 300k but only might have 150k deposit yeah and the debt servicing's there all day long but the deposit's not so it's a two-prong attack for development empire and trying to obtain a client and selling a product to a client which we think uh becomes quite attractive yeah fabulous enough for you because you like to talk too much <laughs> but uh, you're passionate don't give me that smirk simon a couple more questions yeah. for you buddy um have you been self-employed before like is no, this first time uh, how are you finding it is it a big difference did it take you a long time to adjust do you like the flexibility i like i like the flexibility yeah. for sure you know with a young family that's definitely a pro mm-hmm. um i think working project um based in the past is is always a as a pro you know for me i've always you know had a few on the go um so i wasn't you know fixed in the office from you know eight to five or whatever it might be um but yeah loving it so far cool has he been made to skull shots yet or not not yet no not yet getting a few head shakes here jordan i think a couple upside downs maybe um and lastly obviously for me uh, how are you finding the office environment obviously the 
you can speak freely. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's yeah. good. You know, it's good just hearing, uh, you know, because obviously in the office we've got the insurance brokers, the, yes. the, more, uh, the financial advisors, yeah. etc. a few other people there too. So it's, yeah. it's good just hearing them talk amongst themselves and finding what's going on in the market. You know, mm-hmm. your ears prick up and you're like, oh, okay, okay. And then jump into a conversation yeah. there yeah. or whatever it might be. So you're, you're picking up a lot more snippets of different bits of market info, which is which is great for us because, you know, we need to know it on the development side. So yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure BTF will be calling on your experts on the development side to probably get some commentary in here. Yeah, yeah. But Goran, as always, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Field. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with your mates or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Field Podcast or send us an email at info at beyondthefield.co.nz. Thanks again and we'll see you all next time.